The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. Craig, thank you. 507 on the Central Coast. It's Monday, February 6, 2023. I'm Dave Congleton. In about an hour, Jim Siebert wants to know what you would say to your 18-year-old self if you could. We remind you tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, President Biden addresses the nation. We will carry the speech live in its entirety and will give you a chance to react to it on Wednesday. We are busy. Here's a stat that just blows my mind. In 2021, More than half of daily vehicle trips were less than three miles. This blows me away. Uh, We're joined by Sam Cotton, who wears many hats in coming on this show. But we go to him because he's the biggest e-bike enthusiast that I know. Uh, Sam, nice to see you. Good to be seen. How are you doing? We're good. And then a little bit we're going to be joined by Laura McCammy from the California Bicycle Coalition. Uh, Let's start with this program. This is an e-bike, not a rebate program, but an incentive program. No, it's a voucher program. Well, this is incentive. Um, It's wrong. All right, we'll ask Laura. (laughs) What's the program? It's a voucher program. So, uh, CalBike... Well, voucher's an incentive. Get out of here. Go. Your semantics. Okay. Anyway, uh, I'm anti-semantic. Anyway, the program was started by CalBike. They lobbied for it. They originally got a $10 million grant to fund this program. It's a voucher program. And then CARB, the California Air Resources Board Bureau, added another $3 million to it for administrative. So what happens if, if you meet the guidelines to qualify for the program... You Once the details are hammered out, you go online, apply for the program, you get approved. You can go to a approved bike shop that has registered with this program and a manufacturer whose bikes are approved for the program. They want to make sure you get a safe bike and they want to make sure that there's going to be follow-up with the maintenance and everything necessary on an e-bike. You walk into the approved bike store, see the bike you want, make a purchase, and then it's a point of sale. So it's not anything they have to wait for. The money comes directly. It's right there. Right there. Hmm. How much, I know it varies on the model and size, but typically, what's the price range for an e-bike? It varies due to <laughs> right. size and ability. But, but and, give, yeah. me a, give me a ballpark. You can, you can get an e-bike on Amazon.com for as little as six, seven hundred bucks. It's not something I would recommend. They had a huge problem with batteries uh, catching fire. And they had to recall 22,000 batteries from bikes that were sold on Amazon. But you can start getting into a quality um, 
e-bike for around a thousand bucks, and they go up to fourteen thousand. So, if I wanted to spend two thousand, I could spend a thousand and get a thousand in an whatever you want to call it incentive well, voucher. Voucher. <laughs> Actually, you can get more than that. It, it's up to a thousand dollars voucher. If you are at 300% of the, or below, depending on your family size, of the federal poverty level. I think it was like 85,000. That's for a family of four. Yeah. Okay. It's 40-some thousand for single. Um, and then if you get an accessibility bike or a cargo bike, you get another $750. So if you use your bike to go shopping... So you get rid of your car, you have to go get groceries, you get a you get a cargo bike, you get another $750. If your income is less than 225% of the federal poverty level, you get another 250. So you can get up to $2,000. That's amazing. I go back to the stat I quoted, more than half of daily vehicle trips in the country. This includes car, rail, transit, air travel. Or less than three miles. Throw throw in Uber. Estimated 26% of vehicle trips were less than one mile. Yes, sir. So So the audience is primed for an e-bike when you stop and think about it. Oh, yeah. What what their goal is, is to reduce the number of gasoline-powered trips. Because if you really look at it, an electric bike is the greenest electric vehicle you can get. So their goal is to reduce the number of gas-powered trips and to hopefully maybe even increase the fitness of the people using the e-bike. Why not just have a traditional bike? Uh, Why does it have to be an e-bike? It doesn't, but that doesn't qualify for this program. Most, Most people... Okay, let me take a step back. This program is a perfect fit for somebody 45 to, to my age, old, who hasn't ridden in a while, maybe isn't in super shape, maybe can't ride a mile, mile and a half, two miles on a regular bike. So an e-bike extends your range, extends your speed, extends what you can ride through. Well, we just had Dr. Cindy Griffith in the last hour, who's older than I am. I'll leave it at that. And her husband just bought her an e-bike. And she she's learning how to use it now, so she hasn't used it much. But she's all excited about using it to go around town. It's They're wonderful. Perfect example, right, yeah, Sam? absolutely. How long have you had yours? I bought my first one about three years ago. And... I realized that I wanted something a little. I bought a I bought a used Rad Rover, which is a great bike. Um, for the money, they're really hard to beat. But mine weighed seventy pounds. It was a fat tire bike, and it was a throttle bike, so you could you could ride it without pedaling. You just twist the throttle. Yeah. It had levels of assist, so if you wanted to use it as a fitness machine, you could do that. And I sold that to a friend of mine and bought a bought a pedal assist only bike so there's no throttle you have to pedal and it will really give you a workout should that's what you want and apparently according to the LA Times article e-bike sales have been skyrocketing 880 were 880,000 were sold 
last year. That's more than all electric vehicles and hybrid vehicles combined by a large number. But do we have the infrastructure that's e-bike friendly? Because, like, to me, if I were to do an e-bike, I'd have to ride Tank Farm Road. I'm not sure I want to ride Tank Farm Road. You wouldn't have to ride Tank Farm Road. How else could I get from here to there? Go down Buckley and make a left turn. Uh, <laughs> or you can go down to South Street and make a right turn. That's a little bit out of my way. But uh, hey, on an e-bike, who cares? Remember, you have it extends your range, it extends your, your power, it extends everything. All right. Uh, Sam Cotton is here. We're talking about this uh, new program here in California. Let us break away. And when we come back, we'll be joined by Laura McCammy from the California Bicycle Coalition and get her thoughts as well. We're live. We're local. You're listening to Hometown Radio. You have landed on the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. We're talking about e-bikes. We've got Sam Cotton in studio and uh, now joining us representing the California Bicycle Coalition. We welcome Laura McCammy. Laura, good afternoon to you. Hey, Dave. Nice to be here with you and Sam. Thank you. What, what's the difference on this program now? I'm calling it incentives, voucher. What is it? Let's resolve this once and for all. You, you are both right. Um, the technical name of the program that uh, the California Air Resources Board, which administers it, or which is, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's through their, their auspices of their agency, um, they're calling it the Electric Bicycle Incentive Program. So it is an incentive, but, but basically what people get are vouchers. There we go, um, Dave. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> the, the incentive is important because California wants to incentivize people to uh, electrify their cars for to mitigate climate change. And really the most efficient, as you guys were saying, the most efficient electric vehicle is an electric bike. So we really wanted um, the state to put some money behind that vehicle as well. And, and they have. They but, ac- but according to what Sam was just saying, the sales are skyrocketing. So why do we need this if people are already buying electric bikes on their own? Well, this program is not as much for people who are buying electric bikes on their own as people who would really benefit from an electric bike. Maybe someone who the nearest bus stop is a mile away. They don't have a car. This could really make a huge difference in them getting to their job without a really onerous commute. Um, it, it's aimed at lower income Californians because electric bikes are, are expensive. As Sam was saying, you know, the price range is, it doesn't start very low and it goes really high. And this gives people who wouldn't otherwise be able to afford an electric bike an opportunity to benefit from this form of trans- transportation. Yeah. yeah. And it's all about mobility. You know, if you're, mm-hmm. yep. if, if you're stuck at home and you need employment and you can't get to where your job is, even to take an application, do an application, the difference between you getting employment and not could be transportation. And the micro-mobility yep. that comes with a e-bike it can be the difference between having a job and not. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and an e-bike can get you. A, a classic bike is fantastic, and a lot of people commute to work by classic bike. E-bike gives people a wider range, a longer range. You can get there a little faster. You could go a little farther without getting sweaty. Um, might get you home at the end of a long shift when you're exhausted. You don't have to pedal quite so hard. Um, 
So it's just a way to extend people's range by bike, and it's a much cheaper vehicle than a car. So for somebody who doesn't have a lot of money, it's a, a great low-cost way to go, get around. Again, apparently, uh, the, Cali- the state of California has allocated $13 million one-time spending, Laura? Yes, this is a pilot project, and CalBike is advocating for more money in the current budget so that we can have this program again next year because I can tell you that we have a very long list, a large list of people who are interested, more than than there will be vouchers. So I think that demand is going to be very high, and um, we're really hoping that the state continues the program in future years. So if we are supportive, should our representatives, our assemblywoman is Don Addis, our state senator Mm. is John Laird, should we be contacting them and saying, hey, we like this program? Absolutely. Um, we're, we're really working in the budget process now, and, and we're in the thick of that. Um, the, the governor's put out his initial budget, and, you know, I'm not even going to get into the weeds. The budget stuff is so arcane. Yeah. But, yes, absolutely. Please tell Don Addis and John Laird, both fabulous, very bike-friendly representatives, um, that you want them to, to allocate $50 million next year. That's what we're asking for. Um, Ten million was a great starting place. We're very happy to have it, but we've seen that the demand for this is huge, and so we think the state should put more money behind it. It's still much less than the EV programs um, for cars, um, and it'll go a long way. Um, and and it'll be in place, so it you know it'll be easier to do the next year. Mm. Oh, um, I, absolutely, I agree, hundred percent. Now, don't count out our board of supervisors and local politicians Mm -hmm. because we need to get them on board too because they can pressure the state of california from a different direction and then the other thing i would recommend is go to the go to the cal bike um, website look and see what they have to offer and um, see if there's something there that you can support and maybe even just um, join the mailing list for cal bike incentives programs and um, that kind of thing, vouchers. What do you say to that, Laura? Can, can I give out the URL sure, for that? Sure, so website. It's calbike.org slash ebikes. And we, have, we try to put the most current information on that page about the e-bike program. And we also have a mailing list. And if you sign up for that list, we're going to, any information we have, we send out to people anytime we get new information about the program. And as soon as it launches and you can apply, we're going to try to give people a heads up ahead of time so you'll have a leg up in uh, getting your application and if you want to apply for uh, an incentive or a voucher. What's the website again, please, Laura? It's calbike.org backslash ebikes. Hmm. Any sense of the timeline as to when these are going to be available? We're hearing it was originally going to be the first quarter, but now we're hearing it's probably sometime in April that the, the applications will open. Hmm. And how long it will take from there to actually go through the application process, get verified, get a bike, it, you know, it, it, don't expect it to be uh, super quick. It could take a few weeks. Yeah. Now, um, as the LA Times article points out, and I'm quoting now, many of the lower income communities that would benefit from the program are also the most dangerous for people to walk or bike. That's because of historic mm-hmm. neglect. Cities investing yeah. less in safety infrastructure. So it strikes me, Laura, that the two would go hand in hand. Sure, more e-bikes, but let's keep the people safe while they're using the e-bikes. Absolutely. I think that's an excellent point, and that's one of the things that I try to point out, that one of the things we're hoping is um, that the e-bike popularity will increase the constituency demanding better bike lanes. But you're right. 
you can give people all the e-bikes in the world if you don't give uh, safe places to bike. It doesn't do anybody any good. And CalBike is working really hard on that. We really think the state needs to um, dramatically up its spending for bicycle infrastructure, which it has really stepped up in the last couple of years, but we need even more. Um, we definitely need more. And and you're right, we need to prioritize historically underserved neighborhoods, which have the worst infrastructure and really need to be um, lifted up to be equal. Um, yeah, my, com- my comment to... My comment to Laura when we first started talking about this was, in a city like San Luis Obispo or Roy Grande, the infrastructure is there and it's fairly safe to ride a bike. And getting a 60, 70-pound bike up a short flight of steps mm-hmm. is a lot easier than trying to carry it up three, four flights in a tenement in, in downtown Los Angeles. Plus, trying to recharge your battery... Um, if you leave the bike outside, if it doesn't get stolen, can be a concern. A lot of bikes have removable batteries. The other thing is there are certain parts of Los Angeles in particular that if you wear a fancy set of tennis shoes, you leave yourself open to get mugged and robbed. Hmm. I can't imagine what that would be like with a fancy electric bike. People have to be safe. Sam Cotton is here. We're talking with Laura McCammy from the California Bicycle Coalition. Laura, let's hit that website again, please, for more information. Absolutely. It's calbike.org backslash e-bikes. And so since this is being launched by the California Air Resources Board, that says to me that a major goal here is to reduce air pollution to improve air quality in California. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I will say the neighborhoods we're talking about that have been have the worst infrastructure also often have some of the worst air quality. So this is an added benefit for those neighborhoods. Are we aware of any other state that has a program like this? I I just talked with someone recently from Massachusetts. They had a small pilot program last year and they're working on getting a bigger program in place this year. Um, The Denver program has been very popular, and I believe that the state of Colorado may be working on a similar program. And one thing I want to tell people is that the state program isn't the only way to get an e-bike subsidy in California. Um, If you have an old car to trade in, you can get a voucher of up to $7,500 through um, your local air quality management district. Um, I don't know if it's available in San Luis Obispo. I'm sorry. This, I know the Southern California uh, Air Quality Management District does offer uh, Replace Your Ride. It's also called Clean Cars for All. And then a lot of local utilities um, are offering rebates to people who buy e-bikes, rebate, rebates or vouchers. All right, Laura, so, I, got, I got about a minute left. Anything you want to say in closing? Um, just Get an e-bike. It's really fun. Or just get on any kind of bike. It's the best way to get around. And I assume you have an e-bike. I actually I have both, but I love my e-bike so much. I can't even tell you. I'm a fan. How, often, how often do you think you're riding at any given week? You know, that's a terrible question because of the pandemic's way less because I have so fewer places to go. But I ride three or four times a week. I don't go as far as I really should be going on that bike. But I, I've hauled many, many pounds of groceries without breaking a sweat, and I love that. 
Yeah. We have a cargo bike. So. All right, Laura, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your time this afternoon. Thanks, Laura. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for covering us. All right, Laura, thanks for the conversation. That was uh, Laura McCammy from the California Bicycle Coalition. What we're going to do is we're, we're going to break away for a California headline news and ABC radio news. Craig updates us with time saver traffic and weather together for those of you who are not on an e-bike. Sam Cotton and I will continue the conversation and welcome your phone calls as well. We're live. We're local. This is Hometown Radio. Jim Siebert's going to join us at 6.05 to ask the question, what would you say if you could to your 18-year-old self? I would say one day you'll grow up and you'll have your own radio show and you'll get to interview Sam Cotton. <laughs> I'll go, boom, there you Why, go. I would say study harder, stay in school. Yeah. Uh, Sam Cotton is here. For folks just tuning in, again, we appreciate Laura McCammy from the California Bicycle Coalition joining us. Let's remind mm. folks the good news for e-bike enthusiasts. If you are interested in e-bike and your income is 300% of the federal poverty level or below, depending on your family size, you can qualify up to a $2,000 voucher incentive to purchase an e-bike, whether it's uh, just a commuter bike, a, an adaptive bike for disabled, which is usually a three-wheeler, or a cargo bike so that you can take it to the store and do your shopping and ride home and not have to uh, struggle with parking a car, putting $100 worth of gas in it to last a week. So that's the program. Uh, maybe starting in April. We'll yes, see. Yes, second, second quarter of this year. And I hit you with the, the stat. Uh, it just can't get gets out of my head. In 2021, more than half a day daily vehicle trips were less than three miles. Absolutely incredible. So you've been talking to local bike shop owners. Yeah. yeah What's I've your talked, reaction? I've talked to two in, a, in South County. And the first gentleman that I spoke with, uh, I asked him if he was familiar with the program. He said, I've had several calls on it, but I don't know anything about it. So I encouraged him to listen to the show today and register his shop. He sells quite a few e-bikes. So I encouraged him to register for the program because you have to register if you're going to have your clients eligible from you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the second place knew about it, came up with a couple of very, very pointed questions concerning the program. One was, how does it work? And when the people qualify for the, the purchase... How long is it going to take the bike shop to get reimbursed? Second one is, what are they going to do about these cheap substandard electric bikes that are on online sold from various sources, various countries? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Well, the less expensive bikes, the way the program works is the manufacturer and the bike shop 
have to have some sort of California connection. So I've got a real bad feedback on my on my headphones here. So excuse me while I'm trying to adapt to that. So anyway, what has to happen is the the bike shop and the manufacturer both have to submit their applications to um, California Air Resources Board to qualify for this program. And once they do that, they're approved. They get on the list of approved bike shops, approved bike manufacturers. And the, the dangerous or inflammatory e-bikes that they had. A, Take your go like that. See if that helps you. Yeah, that helped. Thank Good. you, sir. Okay. The, the dangerous bikes, the ones that have um, caused the 22,000 battery recall, probably won't qualify for the program. So that's one good thing. And the way it works on the, the purchase, once the person applies with proof of income, they get approved for the program, they can go into an approved bike store, pick out the bike they want, purchase it, and then the, the voucher comes directly point of sale to the bike store. If you're just joining us, Sam Cotton is here explaining this new program, California, where they're basically encouraging people who may not be able to normally afford an e-bike to buy an e-bike. Pilot program it has exciting implications, I think. You want in on the conversation, we'd love to hear from you. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Should we be doing more to promote e-bikes in California is this the, the transportation of the future? I mean, you use this all the time, Sam. I love it. I love it. And your comment earlier about why aren't traditional bikes, your, your classic bikes, qualifying for this program? Well, because of the way my knees are, I, although I do have a classic bike, I can't ride as far as fast as comfortable on it as I can on my e-bike. So I put in a lot more time, a lot more distance, and have a lot more fun on my e-bike. Let's take a call. We've got Mark in San Luis. Hey, Mark. Hi. Hi. I think before we go any further on the bike thing, I think that bicyclists need to be licensed and go through a safety course. We're now putting them, we want to increase the number on the road, and I, I think bicyclists should be taxed, and the tax should go the subsidy for these for this new uh, uh, program that we're going to create these are these are my taxpayer dollars, and we're, I, I could see this turning into another two to three hundred million dollar California program, and, and California does not have a good track record on on these type of programs. I, I think the safety issue is huge, and these people are not licensed, they're not trained, and they just get out there and they start riding. Sam, I'm sorry he feels that way. But what about taxing e-bikes to pay for your free well, there e-bikes? Is. There's sales tax when they're bought. So there's your tax. Well, there's a tax on cars when you buy a car. Sam, you don't think people should be uh, go through safety courses before they get turned loose on bikes and, and have the same rights as motorists now? Well, they don't have the same rights as motorists because they can't ride on the freeway. They can't ride outside of the bike lane in most cases. So I do think... If they have any doubts about their safety on a on a bicycle, um, they should take a class. They should learn the ins and outs of an e-bike. But that's not what we're talking about today. 
we're talking about this incentive program to get people back on bikes. So if there's a safety issue, um, I I advocate everybody wearing a helmet and riding within their comfort zone, their uh, safety zone, and staying away from downtown San Luis Obispo. All right, Mark, thanks very much for the call. We've got Susie in Atascadero. Hi, Susie. Hi, Dave. Hi, Susie. Um, I don't understand why the government is subsidizing bicycles. I think you should buy your own bicycle or not. Well, why are they subsidizing electric cars? I don't think they should do that either. (laughs) (laughs) Taxpayer money. Let's spend it on fixing roads and infrastructure and not buying people toys. Well, if we take 10% of the cars off the road, we'll have to repair them less. (laughs) Okay. All right. You win. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Susie sounds skeptical. 805-543-8830, 800-549-8830. 805-543-8830, for Sam Cotton. Carol's on KVEC. Hi, Carol. Hey, Dave. Hi, Hi Carol. Sam. Hi. Hi, Carol. Hi. I, I live downtown Slow, and I'm a senior with some health problems. Uh, I got some bad knees, and so I'm very interested in this program so I can go to the grocery store and be more independent, you know. Um, I also... Wanted to ask you, Sam, if you could recommend the uh, three-wheeler. Is there a certain brand that you could recommend to me? Oh, there are so many good three-wheelers out there, and that would classify as either an adaptive bike or a cargo bike, which qualifies you for another $750. Yeah, And yeah. That, that would be something that you should probably, you know, research yourself, go talk to... Do you live anywhere near the the guys at Cambria Bicycle Outfitters or Arts or Foothill Cyclery? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm in San Luis, so I could get there. I would or go in. I and, could call them. <laughs> I would go in and talk to those guys. Three wheelers aren't something I'm really familiar with, although I do have a, a close friend who lives in Florida. That that's his main source of mobility is getting around yeah. is his three wheeler, yeah. and he loves it. I know. I would love to have the stability of the three-wheeler. And even, you know, my goal would be maybe to go to Bob Jones Trail out to Avalis someday. You know, that's my goal to work up to. Oh, it's, but, that's yeah, a worthy that is, goal. That's a great goal. That's a, yeah, just don't, yeah. Try, don't try Johnson Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, the, the trail, the, yeah. the, the pathways aren't wide enough for a three-wheeler. But, no, uh, yeah, no, Bob Jones Trail is wonderful. Then take it out yes. to the end of the pier and have lunch. Exactly. Yeah. See, these are all incentives that people need to think about when we are talking about our tax dollars, because I think this is a really positive, worthy endeavor of the government to uh, have these rebates for people. And it is about health. It's going to motivate people to get outdoors and be healthy and reduce our gas consumption. I think it's wonderful. I'm so excited. Um about the program today. Great. And I also Carol, wanted, I also wanted oh, to um, say something about parking, safe parking. Now that we're such a bicycle community, um, I've, I I um, spend some time on next the Nextdoor app about, you know, people in the community sharing stuff, what's happening locally. And I guess the bike theft is really on the rise, yeah. um, more, yeah. more so on the rise, bike theft. Particularly e-bikes. Yeah, Sam Blakesley. Sam Blakesley has bikes <laughs> stolen twice. Yep, well, 
That's why you got to keep it locked up. Use a good quality lock or keep it in the garage or um, post a guard on it. Be safe. Carol, thanks for checking in. 805-543-8830-800-549-5832. As Sam Cotton shares new news about e-bikes. Alan's in San Luis. Hey, Alan. Hey, Dave. Hey, Sam. Hey, Hey, Alan. Well, Carol stole some of my thunder, but I do want to reinforce that. that When somebody's going to buy an e-bike, they need to know how easily they can be stolen. And it's it was mentioned in the first half hour about we well, can just somebody can just pop the battery out and steal that. So hopefully <laughs> the technology will be there that they'll make it a little bit harder for somebody to steal one. Well, the new the new technology is you can lock your bike um, completely electronically, so you can't turn it on, you can't do anything with it, and it has a GB, GPS um, component that, that you can track it. That's good. Now, as far as unlocking, well, I'm concerned also. Depending on the, what are the tip, what's the typical weight? Well, it depends. They have the fat tire bikes that are 75 plus pounds, and I was just talking with Dave earlier about some of the road bikes that they have that are single speed, lightweight, limited range, but they're right around 30. So what? you could pick it up and walk away with it. That's the problem. It could end up in somebody's trunk very easily. So well, it really has to be secured to something. Yes, but Alan, the same thing with a regular bike. But that doesn't That's stop right. people from buying bikes. No, good point. That life, life is difficult sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're trying to make it harder for certain people to do that. Well, that's and why you carry a, a quality lock like a kryptonite or something like that. Lock your bike to something solid. And if you can, take it in with you to where you're going, if that's allowed. If not, um, keep an eye on it if you can. I mean, there's no... John Ashbaugh also had his e-bike stolen. Wow. That's what happens if you live in San Luis. It's a bicycle theft capital of the world. Thank you, Sam. (laughs) Anything? Alan, what else? Well, I was going to say that three-wheel design you were talking about that I think Carol mentioned... That would be bigger and heavier. That might be a little bit harder to uh, walk away with. You'd have a hard time carrying away one of those things. They're yeah. over 90 pounds. And with the stability, I think that might appeal to, to people as well. Yeah, you don't need a kickstand. <laughs> That's a good guys, point. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Alan, guys. Alan, thank you. Back in uh, two minutes for a final segment with Sam Cotton, right here on AM 920 FM 96.5 News Talk, KVEC. Jim Seabird, after news at the top of the hour. If you want in on this conversation with Sam Cotton and e-bikes, we need to hear from you now, please. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Stu is in San Luis on KVEC. Hi, Stu. Hi, Dave. Hi, Sam. Hey. Hey, Stu. All this discussion about uh, e-bikes being stolen, I I think there's uh, kind of an opportunity, you know, where you... We live in such a benign climate. A lot of people don't even park inside garages. But uh, but the city's building a new parking structure, and of course we have several of the older parking structures. Uh, wouldn't it be a wise thing to help people come downtown with their e-bikes to set up uh, essentially lockers uh, that you could ride, you know, drive your e-bike into? a small fee and uh, you know lock it in and then you could come back and unlock it and 
take it with you. I believe they have uh, something like that at Cal Poly, where you can park your bike where you're in class. It's yeah. a, lock, a locker situation. Well, you know, funny, funny story. One of my uh, cousins was married to, uh, well, he was the president of the Phoenix Hells Angels. Uh, and they decided they wanted to make their uh, their group more approachable, so they started uh, helping people on the road when they were broken down. But uh, I remember visiting them one time, and uh, they parked their hogs right in the living room. Uh, and these, these are much smaller. So. <laughs> Quite a bit smaller. That is true. And, and I, I totally um, recommend putting your bike inside. Yeah. Good. Anyway, right, those are my thoughts. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for sharing. Craig, you have a question? Yeah, I'm just wondering, is the bike expensive enough for the cops to give a crap when it's stolen? I mean, is it going to be a priority or not? Is it expensive enough for the cops to care? I yeah. think is what Craig Because we have ask. that. Blakesley claim came in, and he was saying, oh, yeah, it's not a priority. Well, if you're spending that kind of money on a bike like that, I it's a priority to somebody who had it and somebody who qualified for the discount or the rebate or whatever and it's a limited number of rebates so if it gets stolen you got to buy another one well now you don't qualify because you already used your rebate to get the bike that was already stolen well first it's a voucher (laughs) (laughs) whatever it's my tax money that's what it is yeah and that's a question better aimed at the particular police department in question we're going to get chief scott in here let's take another call we got stan and san Luis on kvec hey stan hi hi uh uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, e-bikes, I love them. I have an electric scooter. Uh, it's a lead-acid battery. So it's old, old tech- technology. Uh, but I know at an emergency room nurse, and she says there's a lot of people coming in who uh, get in accidents, e-bikes, because they go a lot faster than regular bikes. People don't realize that. And, you know, like on my regular bike, I go like 14 miles an hour, which is pretty fast. But on an e-bike, you can go 25, 30 miles an hour. And yeah, if that's, that's, and not, so people, that's not correct, are, Stan. That's, uh, what, that's what, not correct. How fast can you go on an e-bike? If it's a Class 1 e-bike, the pedal assist kicks off at 20 miles an hour. Okay. Well, that's still pretty fast, though, uh, for, for, a, for riding a bike. Uh, I would say, and uh, people, I'm telling you this, uh, emergency room nurse sees more uh, people who uh, get into bicycle, uh, accidents riding electric bikes. But then, then again, there are more people riding electric bikes, so maybe it's not a a good uh, uh, barometer as far as her, her opinion. But even so, if you're riding an electric bike, it's not the same as a, as a bicycle. You have to be careful that you might be going real fast. If you get in an accident in one of those, you know, it's right. just like on a motorcycle. Oh, it could yeah. be very... Uh, but but like riding a traditional bike stand, you got to be careful uh, out there. Yes. And, you know, I just want to mention that something else. Wouldn't ride on Buckley... I would not recommend Buckley Road. Uh, <laughs> you were talking about as an alternative to get across town. It, there's no bike lane. Uh, it's really dangerous on Buckley Road. I wouldn't it's recommend it for a regular bicycle or a... Um, electric bike and tank farm. I wish they had a class one uh, bike lane on, on on Buckley Road. I mean, on, on, on tank, tank farm. Road. I agree. All right, Stan. Thanks for checking in. I mean, I would not ride Tank Farm Road on any kind of bicycle. So. Okay. 
All right, let me bring Carol back. Hey, Carol. Oh, hey, thanks hey. for taking my call again. Sure. I was just, I just wanted to back up with uh, Stu had to say. Those are my, um, that's my feeling and recommendation to the city. They spent all this money on these great bike lanes, and now I think it's time that they provide adequate, safe parking in the uh, parking structures. Like they could, they could designate an area for e-bikes and regular bicycles where you can lock them up safely and even have a camera or have it by the parking attendant, the guy that sits in the, the box there. In the, they don't have you know. those anymore. They got rid of the parking attendant. It's all automated. Oh, they, oh that tells you how much I get out <laughs> yeah. from the parking structures. Yeah. All right, so Carol agrees with Stu. There we go. Perfect. That, that's fine. All right, Carol, all right. thank you. On the Stolberg-Tatum text line, nice program, but to blithely just suggest you park the bike in the garage or spend more money on a GPS for it is clearly not in touch with the people struggling, living in apartments, or barely getting by, to let alone spend more money to get gadgets. None of the guests are clearly not those where they would say would help. Well, uh, Laura works for a nonprofit, so she doesn't make a huge amount of money, I'm sure. But she can uh, attest to the quality of her life change since she got her e-bike. Uh, also, and and also, as far as the GPS locking and all that... Um, it's the, some of the bikes, the newer bikes come with that automatically. You don't have to pay extra for it. A bike lock is a good thing, uh, to use. And I would suggest if you can park it in your garage or take it in your house or at least park it where it's not seen readily from the street. Don't invite crime. Yeah. On the, uh, Stolberg Tatum text line, the best. Uh, source for e-bikes and e-bikes info is Wally's Bikes in Slow. Do you know them? No. Uh, lastly, on the Stolberg Tatum line, what's wrong with promoting regular bikes? We already mm-hmm. talked about that. Nothing wrong. I. But for the people that this program is aimed at, maybe a regular bike, an analog bike, isn't conducive to getting you out and getting you back in the saddle again. I know it wasn't for me. I would ride a mile, mile and a half, and my knees would be screaming. Since I've gotten the e-bike, I ride quite a bit further. I get more more distance, more exercise, get my heart rate up higher, and it's it's really been, um, it's been a, a blessing. Always a blessing to have Sam Cotton on this broadcast. <laughs> we get uh, 30 seconds for a final thought, sir. Well, I would, if you have any interest in the program, I would go out and subscribe to CalBike. It's the California Bike Coalition. See what they have to say. Even if you're not a fan of this program, see what they have to say and make your make your recommendations to them. They are a advocacy group. And they might appreciate your point of view. Uh, Thank you, sir. Off we go. We've got ABC Radio News. Craig on the other side with the very latest in time saver traffic and weather together. Jim Siebert answers the question that he also asked. What would you say to your 18-year-old self if you could? I'm Dave Congleton. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.